Welcome back to uh, Season 2, Episode 1 of Who the Hell is This For? The Phantom Sequel Season, Menace. The seconding. The seconding. Season 2, the second season. <laughs> bow, bow, bow. Welcome to Season 2, everybody. Yeah, how you guys been doing? Uh, good. good. Back after a brief sabbatical, um, we did a company retreat. <laughs> Also, we do need to check in because this is the only time any of us ever talk to each other. We haven't spoken in months. (laughs) I've forgotten what you look like. (laughs) Yeah, not too too much new on this front. Riley, how are you doing? Good. Um, Like you said, I haven't seen you guys in a long time. Well, I saw Tyler not too long ago at my sister's wedding, but Jeff, I'm glad to see you're still kicking. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they try to keep me down, but not happening. Well, we are living in a society. Yeah. <laughs> and they get what they deserve. Uh, we are going to talk about that. Uh. So t- so today we are talking about The Joker. Um, a By all accounts, pretty it's doing pretty well in theaters. Very famous character. Um, obviously, it's doing well in the box office as well. A strongly discussed... Um, maximum discourse. Maximum discourse is a great way to put it. Uh, so we're going to get into some of that. We're going to get into, obviously, what we think of it and, and more. Uh, but why don't we do a quick check-in. What have you guys been watching um, over your sabbatical? All right, I'm going to rattle through the entire list. Here we go. <laughs> but no, uh, <clears throat> biggest thing I've been, uh, been watching, My Hero Academia. Uh, nice. Fantastic show. Almost entirely caught up with that. I know season four just started last week. And uh, been working through some horror movies because we are finally in the just the meat of October. The real pumpkin meat part of it. The part that you scrape out when you have to uh, carve a pumpkin. The pulp, if you the will. The pulp of the pumpkin. Yeah. Any, uh, any highlights that you want to hit on? Let's see. I I rewatched Body Bags by John Carpenter, which is fantastic. Uh, rewatched The Blair Witch Project, nice, uh, which I love. And I think in our Halloween three episode that hasn't come out, I had also watched it right before then too. So I really like uh, really like Blair Witch Project. Uh, one Cut of the Dead, which is one of the most creative movies that I've ever seen. And the taking of Deborah Logan, which it had a lot of potential but didn't quite do it for me and then the guest which is one of my all-time favorites solid it's got dan stevens being handsome i have been watching a pretty wide array of stuff um i just watched misery um the classic with james Caan and get kathy bates yes yeah, yeah. um uh and that one's now in the library that would be pretty good uh, watched through some some classics. I've been doing a lot of work recently with movies on in the background, so I've been doing some familiar stuff. So uh, some of my favorites for that are like the first Mission Impossible, 
uh, Ocean's Eleven, which may come up later in some of our discussions. We'll see. Um, and then I re what else did I rewatch? Uh, rewatched Bad Times of the El Royale. Um, oh man. Which, for, when I first watched it, I wouldn't say it was disappointing, um, but I think it's a very rewatchable movie, even if it's not necessarily like a perfect movie. It's extremely rewatchable. So for me, I, I've only seen it once so far, but it hooked me right away, and I loved that movie. So I need to go, I need to rewatch it and see how I feel about it That on that run through. It, uh, yeah, it, I wouldn't. I don't know if it improves on a rewatch, but it holds up on a rewatch, which is fun. Riley, anything on your side? Yeah. Um, let's see. Boy, it, it's I was very on brand in my sabbatical uh, with Lego Batman, uh, Big Trouble in Little China, Halloween. Hell yeah. Uh, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, and I watched uh, Endgame again. Solid. Yeah, pretty pretty uh, up the Riley alley. So yeah, yeah, so no no new thoughts to come of those watches, but, <laughs> but still a good time. Oh, I did also rewatch Aliens, and I think it cemented that I prefer Alien over Aliens. Same. And I think what yeah. really does it for me is there is a part in the middle where they really slow things down, and it would have worked in Alien, but it does not work quite as well for the action-centric focus that Cameron went for in Aliens. But also, Alien doesn't have Bill Paxton, so they're apples and oranges. Hard to weigh it. Yeah. Yeah. Bishop! All right. All right, that is well, all, all we've got. I do have one thing I wanted to talk about, though. So, and I'll get into my thoughts on the movie soon. If you follow us on Twitter, you've seen my thoughts on the movie. But in the spirit of things, I uh, I wanted to pair a beer with today's review. And it's not a good beer. And that may reflect on my thoughts on this movie. It is uh, New Belgium's Voodoo Ranger Atomic Pumpkin. Now, if you don't know what Atomic Pumpkin is, let me uh, let me read through this here for you. Pumpkin Ale. Featuring cinnamon and habanero chili peppers for just the right amount of heat. I like chili Why? beers. This is not a not a good one. Is this the one? Why we would were, you do? Is this the one we were talking about at the pumpkin. wedding? Yes. Okay. Hot pumpkin beer. Yeah. So, my father is a wise man, and my father is a guy who drinks Coors Light and Sam Adams almost exclusively. And so he asked, hey, do you want any beer? I said, ah, give me a pumpkin beer. And this is what he picked up. And so, by God, I'm drinking it. Not enjoying it. And that, uh, that I think, really captures how I feel about this about movie. About this movie. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the, the pulp of it, as they say. Um, I'm going to do a, a quick... Do you want to do a plot summary or or I'll do the plot summary. Okay. Um real quick, let me pull that up. Okay. A mentally unstable veteran works as a nighttime taxi driver in New York City <laughs> where the perceived decadence and sleaze fuels his urge for violent action by attempting to liberate a presidential campaign worker and an underage prostitute. Joker 2019. <laughs> 
if you could not tell, that was but, the plot of Taxi Driver. Yes. Okay, um, okay, I got, yeah. I've got the real one now. Hold on, let me let me pull this up really quick. The real plot synopsis for Joker. Rupert Pupkin is a passionate yet unsuccessful comic who craves nothing more than to be in the spotlight, and to achieve this, he stalks and kidnaps his idol to take the spotlight for himself. That was Joker, right? Yeah, pretty close. Okay, all right. Somehow this movie manages to take the bad parts of both Taxi Driver and King of Comedy and uh, really transform them into a single film, which is hats off to Todd Phillips on, on his ability to reboot and steal two totally different movies and put them into one. <laughs> this this movie is like the Notice Me Senpai of Scorsese homages. <laughs> let's do a, I'll do a quick yeah, real one. Let's do a real plot synopsis. You can hit okay. us with that. So without saying, or it goes without saying, our pod is a spoiler-free podcast. So if you were hoping to listen to this, to feel if you should watch joker we're just gonna go ahead and tell you now probably not wait you, you um, said you spoiler want... free podcast spoiler oh you're spoiler. giving people we the wrong to... idea <laughs> if you are looking for a spoiler free <laughs> podcast this is not it that's what i was saying so if you're just listening to see whether you should listen to it or not our answer is no so from here on out we're just gonna be talking about the actual movie we're assuming you have already seen it if you're going this far uh, so the plot of this movie is a, a classic descent into madness story. Um, a man who is pushed too far. Arthur Fleck is a clown who uh, does promotions for businesses and also just does regular clown work. Um, I guess he's just a freelance clown is kind of the way it works um, to do different clown jobs. And people in Gotham are cruel and mean and basically push him to the brink. He is also taking care of his sick mother, who has had. I'm a sorry. Tryst. Did you say his thick mother? <laughs> no, might be the opposite of thick oh, okay. in this. In this one, yeah, his sick mother, who has had a tryst with uh, Thomas Wayne, and is trying to get in touch with him to basically take them out of their squalor. Thomas Wayne ends up being an asshole, and uh, finally Fleck snaps and transforms himself into the Joker. And that's basically it. Yeah. If you're hoping to see a Joker movie, you can maybe just watch like the last 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's basically what the movie is. Yeah. All right. I think uh, another, right. a much quicker plot synopsis of this movie. Well, I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, oh no. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> God. Should we just post the audio of that video instead of doing the podcast? That just kind of does That's it, all. it. We're back, guys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Tyler, do you have a tomato meter pulled up? I do. I do have tomato meter pulled up. Joker, directed by Todd Phillips, written by Todd Phillips and Scott Silver. Uh, 122 minutes long. And uh, yeah, tomato meter sixty eight percent audience or sixty eight percent critic, eighty nine percent audience. I'm not surprised the audience is that high. I am surprised the critic even got above sixty. 
because I I imagined critics would not enjoy this, but the audience would really jump on it, and that is pretty much it's had a lot more widespread love than I've expected, and I I wanted to love this movie, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Do we have any uh, solid rotten reviews that we could take a look at? Um. Okay, here's one. Diana Sanger. Who should see it? Only those with strong stomachs for bloody violence. Which we'll get into. I have thoughts on that. I think I saw one. Give me two seconds. Here's a good one. From Matt Brunson. uh, From Film Frenzy. The theatrical trailer for Joker, tight, controlled, and intriguing, suggested the best movie Martin Scorsese never made. The actual movie is a shallow and sophomoric effort that isn't about a raging that yeah that isn't about a raging bull as much as it's merely raging. <laughs> Ooh. I like it. Here's here's the one I think we should end on. We've been trolled. That's it. That's the review. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think. This, for me, I think this will be a short segment, but we should go ahead and get rolling. What did you guys like about this movie? Riley, why don't you go first? I yeah. think you might have liked this. Well, I think I think what we've all touched on, just in group chats, is the cinematography Fantastic. of this movie is really, really good. I mean, you know, I think one of our favorite accounts on Twitter is that One Perfect Shot or whatever it's called. And there are probably at least a dozen times where you could just pause this movie for an awesome yes. screenshot. Yep. Your thoughts? Yep. No, I would. I would agree. I mean, I think this this movie is an homage in both stylistic uh, content as well as the way that it's shot. As some similar '70s hits, you know, we've already talked about. There's callbacks to King of Comedy. There's callbacks to Taxi Driver. Um, I think there's even visual, you know, callbacks to some of those pieces. It's obviously got a lot to um, thank Scorsese on, you know, from a stylistic standpoint. Even the the color range is very uh, 1970s, uh, like yellow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like everything kind of has like a a sheen of yellow, and then um, in certain scenes they've got. Uh, sheens of green like it seems mm-hmm. like especially like when when it really is getting into some of the really cruel moments with joker it seems like this the stuff gets more green i don't know if that's just green in general if it's green for the hair or if it's trying to call back to certain pieces but um i did like the color scheme um so it's not that fault you know it's not the fault of any of the direction there uh that the movie isn't as good yeah cinematography is fantastic and i do want to touch on what you said about the yellow sheen to a lot of things that's something that that is such an easy way to get me i'm a sucker like i'm a complete and utter fucking sucker you do that in your movie i'm in i'm sold like it it will at least get me in the door because i know i'm going to enjoy looking at what's on screen because i mean we've talked about my favorite movie of the year and which easily worked its way into my top five or top 10, maybe top five of all time. Once upon a time in Hollywood, 
same thing. Very similar visual style that captures that 70s approach that you do see in the older, you see it a lot in older horror. Uh, Texas Chainsaw is a great example of what this looks like. And that's another one of my favorite horror movies of all time. So the fact that they could make this movie look so good and still turn me off so much really shows just how how little anything else landed for me uh but i will say uh the next point that i imagine riley's going to get to let's just put it on the table joaquin phoenix just incredible role i don't know if it's his best but it's he does a fantastic performance in this yeah i mean obviously he's the main focus of the film but i he i thought he did really really well um I know there's some points, Tyler, you didn't like about his laugh in terms of the actual condition. Yeah, the, the laugh the itself laugh, and I the, thought, the structure and the sound the, of, the it, tone of amazing. it, yeah, was really, really good. But yeah, we'll, we'll get, I'm sure we'll touch on that later on. But that, I I don't know, I feel like he did, what I really liked about him was when he was able to like, when he would like really switch on to the joker character you could just see it in his face how he like his emotion would completely mm-hmm. 180 and what upset me most about this movie well not upset me most i'll touch on that but what really what made me almost like regret this movie and the decisions they made were the fact that they didn't they didn't give him enough time to really play in that character like the so right the recently John Carpenter just put out a Joker comic that he wrote and Riley and I both talked about it we loved it and what it does in there is it talks about how the Joker is sane and he just fucking loves doing this like he's having a great time being a villain and acting like a psychopath and he is he's unhinged and he's not making good decisions he's making stuff that align making decisions that align to his logic and his reasoning but they we didn't get that we got about 30 seconds of that in this movie total and that's that's where the character really thrives yeah i have have two points i would want to make so i think there is i think there is a version of this movie that you could do that is really, really good, takes advantage of the film style and even a little bit of the story and obviously the talents of Joaquin Phoenix. Um, but, I, but I don't think you can do this movie and have it be like a Joker movie with the origin without kind of thinking about that kind of stuff, like having to think about, oh, the psyche of the character and what do we think of what the character has been before and stuff like that and so i i like this movie i've been trying to figure out if you separate this movie from what it is like if this was just a totally different character that you'd never seen before would we like it any better just from the fact that it's someone losing losing their shit and kind of going down this road like do we like it better or worse because it's straight up a joker story I think other people might like it more that dislike it, and I think I would still not like it. I think it would be the same for me across the board. Okay. 
I th- and um, I'll bring it up later on what I think, like, what really, really kept me from getting into this movie. I think I'd probably like it more just because, like, the Joker is such an iconic character. You, you can't, you can try, but you really can't, like, cut yourself off from any, all the other Joker iterations, whether it's print, video games, or movies. You know, you have this certain combination of all those in your mind to make up the Joker. So if you go into this with nothing, absolutely nothing, like no prior knowledge or anything, I think it'd be better just because you don't have that expectation. Yeah. And, and it would also take out one of the worst plot points in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Let's, we'll, we'll save that, right? Let's, yep. let's come back it's, to that later. It's coming up I, later. I'm just, okay. I am, I am raring to go guys. I just opened okay. another one of these terrible beers. <laughs> All right. So my my second question is, or, or, or kind of thinking about Joaquin Phoenix's performance, um, and this goes more in the category of what works well. Um, obviously, we've talked before about some of the best acting talents of this generation. Joaquin is solidly in that group. I, I have said it that group. on record on this podcast that he is the best actor of this generation. Yeah. So I think we're all very high on, on Joaquin. One thing that I did like about this movie and what it, it lets him do is there is there is really a lot of solo acting in this movie where he where he is by himself mm-hmm. and he's you know playing off of what other people have done, but it's not really like the same as being in the same scene. And so I think that that's it's it's cool that we got to see and it gave Joaquin a lot of room to go and, and kind of build the character and things like that. Um, I do think if there's one thing about the performance that um, bugs me slightly, it's like the 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 like softness and like the timidness of of the character, which I understand like leads to kind of the descent of madness and stuff like that. But like even when he becomes like menacing later, like he still kind of has that like soft Lilton voice and he doesn't really you know what I mean like he never really gets scary um and I he's just standing there <laughs> menacingly yeah yeah so I mean I think like like when we get to the the last 20 minutes of the movie which is another thing that I do like and I have a couple more things I want to mm-hmm. do before we get into what we don't um but when when you when he gets into that final thing and he gets more confident and, and whatever, there's still like traces of it and I kinda was hoping it would shift a little bit more into something that actually is menacing and scary. Like it just seemed like it was just that guy with a weapon instead of like fully transforming into like a more mm-hmm. confident, scary character. Which again, that's kinda what this movie was doing, so I get that it's something totally different, but I would have liked to see full blown, really on it, Joaquin, because he can do that. Yeah, and that's what I was. That's what I was hoping the movie was going to be. And once you got into it and you got into the pacing, you're like, shit, we're going to get like 15 minutes max of yeah. Joker, and that's going to. So, be the yeah. you know the big concern and all the discourse beforehand was talking about the like incel plotline and him being like. You know, just your stereotypical, like, 
guy who blames all of his all of his problems on other people and decides to go kill them. Like, but we got a ham-fisted look at mental illness instead. It is it is really ham-fisted and it's so ham-fisted. Like, I think just yeah. you. Sure, yeah, it would have been a problematic storyline if they. I mean, they don't even have to handle it in a problematic way. He can just be a guy that like kind of sucks and then snaps and goes too far and decides to kill everyone. At least that would have been cohesive. This was so I'm we're in the wrong segment. <laughs> Sorry guys. Yeah. I'm going to save the rant. Well, I'm like or kind of No, that's fine. I think I think the cinematography and Walking Phoenix were the two I have big positives. Do we have any I have more? one more that I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on. So so while I think this movie is fairly choreographed in that you can you can tell kind of where it's going most of the movie like there's very few surprises etc mm-hmm. um type of thing the one thing that i did like and i'm not saying it's a surprise but i i did like it was the unreliable narrator portion where you find out that his relationship with his neighbor like was not real at all like the fact like when it, when he gets into her apartment kind of towards the end of the movie and she's like hey like, you can't be in here. Your name is Arthur, right? Like, and you kind of realize, like, oh, all of the interactions that they had so far were definitely fake. Even though, like, when they were happening, you're like, I don't think this is going to oh, be yeah, real. Oh, yeah, like, because, that's... Right? I, that, but, like, uh, uh, God, this fucking movie. But, like, I, I like that device. I'm not sure they used it perfectly, right? Because I think they could have, I think they could have made those moments more real, and not had her in the hospital with him, and you would have actually felt like they were a little bit more real. But the way that they did it, it's like, oh, there's like I can super tell this is not actually happening. But I still, I still like it because then it shows like really nothing's going right for him at all. And so like it's even a further twist of the knife into like why he's kind of feeling the way he's feeling type of thing. Yeah, I'm guessing you did not like that tie. No. Oh God. Are we are we ready? Is it time? I think we can switch it. Yeah, hold on. Uh, I have red zone on Tyler, and the Dolphins. If you're not watching or following along, uh, are currently up fourteen to nine in the third quarter, and no, they're they're looking. This is like no, I know, game. I know. And we've we've passed the threshold. So we cannot were, win a game now. Right. So it was fourth and goal from the five it's like fourth and inches probably so they they line up for a field goal run a fake field goal run up the middle and get the first down son of a bitch and and we're gonna do this and we're gonna ruin the fucking tank now see this way i'm miserable if we lose and i'm miserable if we win i'm sorry we will we will continue I would. There's. There's got to be such a small. All I have are negative are, thoughts. <laughs> there's such a small Venn diagram of Dolphins fans and fans of this podcast that I can't. We're basically doing to an audience of one at this point, <laughs> and it's me when I edit the episode. <laughs> right. Oh. Oh. By the way, they just threw an interception, so the tank. Fuck goes yeah! On. Let's go, baby. Oh. All right. Anything else? from uh, what it did well that we want to talk about before we get into what we didn't like. I think not, pal. 
let's tear this movie apart. All right. Oh, uh, Tyler, uh, release the pin okay. on the grenade that you've been holding. Okay. All right. So we're going to do the big one first because everything else can be kind of moved out of the way at the end and it can just come up incidentally. But what really, really made me hate this movie, they, everybody, everyone is taking away from it, you know, yeah, they're making a really cool statement about how we should be better to people with mental illness. No, that's not the statement it's making. It's saying we should be better to people with mental illness so they don't hurt us. It's, again, just painting people with mental illness in a negative light. You don't need the mental illness angle to make a Joker movie work. Like I said earlier, he can be... You can have it a little bit, but you don't have to have this, like... He stopped getting therapy, and he went off his meds, and he turned into the Joker. It's, it's so fucking unnecessary. And so you take that out of the way. And so then, they give him, at minimum, traits of somebody with four... or They give him the traits of four different disorders. He has the laughing disorder, which I think they absolutely should have kept in. That would have been great. In some scenes, he has autism. In some scenes, he has schizophrenia. And then they also throw in when he goes and finds his red medical records or the his mom's records. Oh yeah, yeah. Also has a TBI, which uh, I don't know if you're familiar. You can't just turn on and off a traumatic brain injury. That doesn't really work. Um, but and they cycle through a Wikipedia list of stereotypical symptoms of each of these disorders, and he doesn't have any of them at the same time. They are not coexisting disorders it's just hey what scene works best should he not understand social cues should he be should his thoughts be disjointed and he keep them in a notebook that doesn't make sense and also has weird stuff written in it should he have his laughing disorder or should you know let's forget that for this scene it's it's all so fucking disjointed and i know like todd phillips talked about you know some of it's in his head and some of it's not but you know the the shit that they talk about being in his head is when he's confident and secure etc etc and that's the stuff he's imagining the stuff where he's dealing with all his shit they just cycle between which disorder he has and it's so fucking bad it's ham-fisted and it like it's somebody who didn't know what they wanted to say about mental illness but they just wanted to have a quote-unquote crazy person in their story so I'll, I'll cede the floor for that. I wanted to get that all out of the way. We can talk about everything else as they come up organically. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm glad we got kind of a healthcare professional view on that, right? Because I think there is it, is, it is an amateur's understanding of mental health that created this movie, right? And I don't mm -hmm. necessarily, I mean, I guess I mean that in a mean way. Um, <laughs> but it's just, yeah, it is, it's just like, well, he'll have mental illness. And I, I thought there was some interesting commentary. I, I agree with you in the idea of like, well, we don't want to portray people with mental illness as, as dangerous if they are not helped and if they're not treated correctly. Right. Like that's, that's definitely what you want to say. All right, so one one last thought. I mean, it definitely does uh, touch on the ideas of like, you know, not not protecting the 
the the vulnerable parts of our population, right? Like ultimately bureaucratic decisions that seem like they're no big deal, like do have an impact. And it's not an impact that they're going they were going to create a group of crazy people that are going to kill people. Like that's not true. But I did think mm-hmm. that it was it was interesting that they showed him like trying to get help and trying to reach out and trying you know what I mean? Like he is like Well see Trying to get medication that, and stuff like they that. They even mention it's court ordered. It's court ordered, the first part? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Well, it was, it was part of him getting out of Arkham. Essentially, like a probation type thing. Yeah. So, I, mean, I don't know. Like, they, they kind of just cut him off. But he is, like, trying at the end, right? To, like, mm-hmm. stay, stay in care. Like, he's trying to. And then he, he cannot because of the system. So, like,. Again, I don't like... And I will say, today the system does suck. Right. It, so I mean, I, There are so many problems with the system. I think what it was... It, like, I don't like its, inclu- its conclusion, but I think it was trying to say something about trying to protect the vulnerable parts of our population, and that as a, as a result of that, there was, you know, some, obviously some bad stuff that happened. I did think it was interesting. Uh, I want to get to what I think is probably your second point, Tyler, of what you really didn't like, but I want to give a take on it first. So the Thomas Wayne stuff hmm. with him, <laughs> uh. yeah, with him uh, basically being an asshole, right, and uh, not treating his mother his mother well. What I wanted to parse out was they have this be a thread of the movie, and it kind of doesn't seem important, but then they they keep coming back to it, and you're like, okay, I, I guess I kind of see what they're going for here. And uh, they eventually come down to the point where he is adopted, right, by um, whatever Mom Fleck is, whatever her name is. Mm-hmm. Um, he is adopted by her. He's not her biological son. Uh, he's not Thomas Wayne's son either. And essentially, like, she she caused all the problems and none of them are actually Thomas Wayne's fault. Like, is that where it lands? Like, it's very confusing on what we're it, supposed to think it about. It can't decide what it wants. Right. What it wants you to do. And I think, like, I'm not, I'm all for subtlety or making people have to think about it or whatever, but it didn't seem subtle to me. It just seemed confusing. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I'm not saying that I didn't like it because I, I kind of like the idea of, of reimagining a character and being like, well, everybody else views him as this, like, saving force but not everybody's going to view him positively and bruce has this idealized version of his father and why he wants to kind of continue to fight like in his image and wouldn't that be crazy if actually his dad was an asshole like i'm not against Mm -hmm. that in concept i just don't think they did it very well so i'm kind of curious what you guys think so what this movie could have been could have been a whole like you know you have arthur as a guy who gets quote unquote pushed too far, he kills the three Wall Street guys, which side note, the famous financial district in Gotham, Wall Street. Like are we Yeah. We really just doing that? Yeah. But so he kills kills the three Wall Street bros and then he he should have like been kind of scared like he was, but then really started enjoying it and then seen what he inspired and then he enjoys it and then you have the joker leading like an eat the rich movement 
but he doesn't even give a shit about that because he's now just like people notice him people know who he is and he's really just thriving in that and that's what it should have been from that point on because i don't know it it acted like it wanted to say something about billionaires but it also really didn't say that much about it so i i don't know yeah i I think it's almost like almost like it was written when it first got written it was to be more about billionaires and they're like oh i mean that's not a good idea and then took some of it out yeah. yeah, it does. It does feel like this movie was written by the person who did the Hangover. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, no, what I, I I think you're right, Riley. It, this movie seems like it wants to do three or four different directions, and instead of picking one and doing them well, it just tries to do all three, all three or four of them. So there's there's the class warfare. There's uh, the cruelty of other people and wanting revenge there's mental illness and there's also this like uh like the the murray thing right of the late night comedy host and him like ridiculing which is kind of cruelty of others like i guess that kind of rolls into it Mm -hmm. but yeah it just can't it can't decide which one it wants to do and in any of those really like if you would have done just one of those threads I think it could have been a great film. It's just too muddled yeah. to, to figure out what it's trying to say. And I think uh, maybe this kind of gets into my other biggest problem with the film, which is the discourse around it. Um, so maybe we can take yeah. a second. I don't want to dive too deep into it because every other piece of writing and podcast has covered this, right? But I think the discourse around it and being like oh man this film is going to inspire people to do bad things i think you can only say that if you've never seen any other film that's violent at all because this film really isn't this film really it's <laughs> yeah, not violent I, it, it it isn't violent no. there's one violent kill and mm-hmm. by by any like by any standard of anybody who's ever seen a horror movie is really pretty tame. Like, I would say that yeah. the more painful kill to watch is him killing his mother with the, the suffocation. Like, th- to me, that's mm-hmm. actually the most violent part of the film because of the emotional yeah. weightiness of it. But nothing else in that right. movie is, like, really violent. It's... it's. I mean... I mean, okay, so... I, I mean, I Am Legend, when he had to k- strangle a dog carried more emotional weight yes. to it than that. That scene still so. fucked me up. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. But, I mean, within the same year, I've mentioned this movie already on this episode. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Far more violent than this movie. Midsommar. Like, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like, like I, I don't know, I think it, it has its place in the discourse for a couple of reasons. One, because it's just a Joker film in general, and there was the Aurora shooting, mm-hmm. which I totally understand, and, and people just get attached to yeah. an anarchy character and whatever, etc. And and maybe some of the like loneliness and like cruelty and like I would also like to get back at my bullies for type of like maybe some of that, but it just seems like those are th- those are concerns because this movie is a extremely quote-unquote mainstream like it's a superhero topic it's a character people know people are gonna go see it like that to me is the only thing that could make it it's like if you have never seen any other violent film before and this is the first one you see 
and you were already on the edge of of wanting to do something you know what i mean like but i just don't i don't understand how first of all i don't buy that art inspires people to like do murder or create crimes or anything like that like i don't i don't buy that principle in general so i'm fighting against that but i'm also fighting against the idea of if that was true what type of thing would do it it wouldn't be this film like it it really yeah. wouldn't like the kind of person who who could be inspired something like that is going to be into way way more extreme stuff and again yeah. i'm not saying that that's true cuz i don't believe that principle but it's just like all of that for this like yeah and so i'm i do believe there was a different cut of this movie originally shown at uh at uh can but i don't I don't know how much was actually cut. I don't know the changes because I know that's where some of this came out of. But still, it just I I want to okay. see I like, want to see that one. Is, is is there a version of this that's way more violent and may or way more twisted? Because that's the one I actually want to see. Well, let me tell you twisted. what was twisted though was uh, rock and roll part two. Oh my god! In this movie, I take it back. That's my number one problem with this movie. How can you do that? <laughs> that is the single worst needle drop I have ever seen how in a can fucking you, movie. How can you... I th- here's the real problem with it. Not only is it bad and it's not thematic, but it doesn't it doesn't fit with the movie. Like, they've been doing, like, the put a smile on your face, like, put on a happy face or send in the clowns. Mm-hmm. Like, they're doing, like, old music and making it creepy, which, yeah, it's been done before, but it, it works. But the Hey Song is... It's not from the 70s, right? Isn't it from later? It's like a jock jam. It's fairly nice. Yeah, it's like jock yeah. jams. So it just doesn't it doesn't fit. And I think the the biggest problem is that so much of the trailer like deals with him going down those stairs as like a triumphant moment. And the music they mo- they yeah. use in the trailer just just use it in the movie. Like it was it was an emotional oh, primer. Uh, Rock and Roll Part Two did come out in seventy two. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Wow. So, so I'm wrong. I'm time. wrong there. It does fit with the time, but I just don't. Mm-hmm. Why play a jock? It doesn't jam? fit with the scene. Play yeah. fucking. Uh, play Tootsie Roll. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's that's actually the exact one I was. Uh, or no, uh, fucking. Uh, play Laffy Taffy. Yeah. Like the meme that was floating around. <laughs> Speaking of the stairs. And the influence of this movie, it really pisses me off the amount of people that have gone to the Bronx and found those stairs on Instagram to take their own picture. Like, oh, look what I found. I'm so artsy. I found these stairs. Here's a picture of the Joker to compare. Ugh. Enough. Yeah, we get it. It's a real location. Have you seen all the the Daisies and Marrow tweets that are like, yeah, come out to the Bronx. Bring tons of cash. (laughs) (laughs) We'll show you the stairs. (laughs) <laughs> all right so let's get into what worked. oh we already did the what worked well you want to do standout scene <laughs> let's do it standout scenes all right riley what was uh, yours? i'll, I'll yeah. start so uh, okay this is going to be my standout scene but not necessarily my favorite scene just like a mo- like a scene you would pull out if you're like this is the movie the joker um <laughs> i'm the joker baby Excuse me, just Joker, <laughs> not the Joker. Um, the Joker. Yeah. And I would say it's him being on the 
Robert De Niro show. Um, yeah. Mainly just because I love that shot of him uh, backstage with the cigarette. It's like one of my favorite shots of the movie. It's really good. Um, and like his monologue and then busting a cap in Robert De Niro's ass or him. Yeah, like his entrance coming in, like when he like kisses the older woman. All of that is extremely Joker. Like that's that distills the character down just so purely. Yeah. So that, I, yeah. I'd say that's probably my standout. Yeah, I, I really like that one. I think that does... It does encapsulate the movie in that it's... I mean, it's obviously the, the climax of the movie. It's where the movie kind of finalizes itself. Um, I also didn't think... I'm Sorry, one quick note when I was thinking about that. I don't think the ending... Like, you don't need that final scene when he's, like, in arkham again like the therapy scene yeah yeah like it didn't add anything anyway but the um the standard scene that i was thinking about is i actually really liked the kill in the apartment um because that that to me was the first time that he actually goes into joker mode um like yeah he kills the guys on the train but like that seemed to me like more of an accident than anything and the the well, I guess him killing his mom is probably the first time that it really is like him taking con- quote unquote control of his life. The the second one of him killing the guy who gave him the gun, I think is good because it's one of the only violent kills in makeup um, besides the De Niro kill. So I really like that. And I actually also really liked the fact that he let um, his other friend go, the one that actually was kind to him. Because um, then it like, it does show a little bit of the humanity and, and even the, him not being able to get out. Like I, that, I, that was, that's such a good example of dark humor. Yeah. Like, and that's exactly like uh, that. Like a Joker movie could be that, right. Where it's yeah. just like these moments of like, and even the dark Knight has moments like that where like Heath Ledger will say something and you're like, like the, and I thought my jokes were bad. Like that mm-hmm. it's fucking corny as shit, but well, you're like, okay, okay yeah, that so works. That, all of that is the same as, like, you know, uh, I can't remember his name, but his friend, like, trying to get out, um, that is the same type of comedy as him and, as Joker and Dark Knight attempting to blow up the hospital and his detonator isn't working. Yeah. Like, that scene is, it's the same type of comedy, and that's what works with the Joker. Like, it's not funny. Like, the... It's really not, but at the same time, the f- it it's funny to us. But the content, the content's not funny. Like, you well, know, yes, yeah, it's, it's this dark guy thinks humor. he's going to get murdered. You're not this, supposed to laugh you know, at it, but up you a do. Hospital. But the the way they frame it, it works in that, and that's what makes the Joker work. And I think that's. That's ultimately the, the stuff that's the most disappointing about this film is there's these pockets, these three-minute scenes, four-minute scenes that really do work, and Joaquin is just cooking, and the cinematography is good, and it fits with what the story would be, and you're just like, just I just wish the whole movie was like this. Um, but, you know, say Libby, what can you do? Riley, how about you? What was your stand? You already, you already gave your stand. Riley did, yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Tyler, what was yours? Mine is also the scene in the apartment um, where he kills Ray, right? Was it Ray? I think so. Yeah. Um, so that 
that's our like first real taste of him being the Joker and enjoying what he's doing, like, and making that character work. But also, even in that scene, like, I still didn't like it because they had to throw in, like, you, you cut out all the mental health stuff in this, and this movie works so much better because that scene, which is a good scene, still has the. Well, I stopped taking my meds and I feel much better line. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? You're going to throw that line in there right before he murders somebody? Like, fuck off, Todd Phillips. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I agree. You want to get into uh, letdowns? No, oh, yeah. Can I do this one first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, it's really not that big a deal. Um, it... it operates such a small part of this movie but i just i just don't understand it i'm gonna say not the stair scene because we've already talked about it so yeah i <laughs> i think the, the stair <laughs> I was scene queuing is a given, up the so song honestly. you have to pick now you have to pick a new one besides the stair scene for your letdown um i think my letdown for that is after the train kills where he is running away and then he goes into the bathroom and he just does like interpretive judo like so so, I liked like, that. I liked the dance. See, so here's here's the thing with me. I I don't I don't need someone to explain it. It it, it can be subtle, etc. But it just didn't it didn't feel earned to me at all. Like it didn't feel like we had already seen that part of his personality mm-hmm. really. And so it just seemed it just seemed cinematic for the the choice of being cinematic. Yeah. It didn't seem like a choice the character would actually make. Like having him be like relaxed or like like having him have like a laughing fit or having him like stare at himself in the mirror and like put his arms out like that those fit it was just like the Mm -hmm. dancing and the like like why why is he doing it there's no that okay and that's kind of what i think when i talked about earlier the dancing should have come it should have been him like looking in the mirror putting his arms out like he does and then the dancing should have come after he sees the revolution he accidentally started. Yeah, that I think would have worked way better. The dancing later works, right? Mm-hmm. The just the dancing right then does not because he just goes from being scared immediately to going into dancing. And so you're just like, there just needs to be one more beat or for him to like look in the mirror and like realize he's actually happy that he did it. You know what I mean? Like just Mm -hmm. give him a different emotional beat before he does the dancing. I went with you. Yeah. Oh, mine. Mine. I have mine. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Let Riley go while you're thinking. Um, (laughs) Mine would be the... uh, Bruce Wayne encounter. Um, I mean, it really him walking up to the gate and like talking to Bruce. It only like I don't like it because it only like convolutes things. Because you're like, <laughs> okay, so Joker would be if this is the Joker, this would make him like you know, eighty years old by the time Batman comes around. And yeah. It was a decrepit ass Joker. Yeah, and it just yeah, I don't know. It it just made things complicated. It's a and and you don't really get like any acting from Bruce, so <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it seems to be Todd Phillips' attempt to like bring this into a world 
where he could be the real Joker, like where it is with Batman and, and things like that, but it doesn't doesn't actually advance the story. It it only works if you know the the story that exists between Batman and the Joker in the past. Um, but it doesn't do enough to like actually make it interesting. Also, what child standing on the side of a fence just lets a stranger put their fingers in his mouth? Yeah. Like like for for so many reasons that just makes me uncomfortable like why would the kid be like yeah this is normal this happens all the time like <laughs> bruce wayne is a sociopath it's the clown nose yeah <laughs> oh he's a good guy yeah i don't know it just uh... also are we supposed to assume that that guy was alfred the adult that yes. stopped it yeah so alfred super dead by the time bruce is an adult yeah yeah I don't know. It's I like this story better if you just consider it to be a different imagining of the Batman universe and not canon. Obviously, like it's it's. I mean, I don't think it can be, but like, um, yeah, the, it's just like, a it's just a version of the story. It's not the same story told in a different time period. It's just because you can't even. Let's say that they like decided for some reason this was so popular they're going to do another one well then they have they're going to have to make the joker super old for it to be batman or you're going to have to well i guess thomas wayne's dead so he can't be batman but like mm-hmm. you could have done some stuff there and i don't know yeah i sorry riley i agree with your thanks <laughs> <letdown scene. laughs> yeah that was dumb all right ty what do you got oh uh, i'm going with the uh i'm going with the murray franklin show because of the, the end fucking, or the first one the the end the fucking monologue man the because it's when he's like shifting back and forth between joker and arthur and like he it all ends with his fucking joke the what do you get when you take a uh, mentally ill loner and a uh, society that treats them like trash. You get what you fucking deserve. That is one of the single worst pieces of writing I have seen in a movie ever. <laughs> That's so fucking bad. And I know what they're going for. That's him thinking through this. But that's so... Like, you take it out of that and you look at it from a real-world context and them writing that line and what they're trying to say with it and what I mentioned earlier with what they're quote-unquote trying to say. Like, that's... That's so fucking just, one, it's just poor writing. It's so fucking ham-fisted to try and get this message across. And two, I mean, that just, I mean, I covered it all already why I hate that earlier. It's just, it's not a good fucking line, and it ruins the entire fucking scene. If you if you wrote if you rewrote that final line and had it be something cooler or better, do you still like the scene? Yeah. Like, do you like no, the like, composition and everything? Okay. I'm I'm cool with the scene if that line is different because so that line is what contextualizes the entire movie. And that's it just it gives it all a very just it, a gross feeling to it because of that. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. God, I fucking hate... Just fuck this movie, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into some of our 
later categories. And you got anything else you guys can think of on letdown scene that you want to say? I mean, I could, I'm sure. But all right, well, we're gonna cut you off then. We're gonna move <laughs> into Dom Hall Gleason Award. Not not too many people to pick from since yeah. this is basically a solo movie, but. Um, maybe either a character or a piece of Joaquin Phoenix's character that you s- wish you saw more. Yeah. So can we uh, just well, then I think you and I are. Joker? Yeah, we're on the same page <laughs> we just here. Need more Arthur as Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, we've seen what Joaquin Phoenix unhinged is like, and that's what I wanted, and that's what I thought we were getting, and and you really don't get it. You essentially get the. You don't even really get the unhinged kill in the hospital because it's just him like mm-hmm. killing his mom. You, you basically get unhinged in when he goes into the apartment of the of I don't even know what Zazie Beats character's name is, but when he goes into the the um, apartment of the neighbor when he's putting on the makeup and kills his clown friend, and then at the final, and that's basically because even like the final scene of like when he's in traffic and he like gets into the car accident like even that's like not like he doesn't really do anything like it's kind of this cool mm-hmm. moment of everything kind of coming together but it, he doesn't do unhinged joker in that either also a massive car wreck that they then move him by his neck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> through a broken Pull window that's that's the true origin of the joker <laughs> He's got a, ne- a spinal injury from. He, yeah, he was moved following an accident. Also, the car doesn't get hit on that side. That means the door's not crunched in. You can probably open the door. You don't have to drag him out by his neck <laughs> through the window. Yeah, police car though. They didn't have the keys. Can I tell you my favorite dumb thing people are putting on Twitter? Is the the side by side? Like yes. I can't tell if that's a joke. Like, is it a joke? The first time that someone posted it, the first one was serious. I think the okay. first one was serious. I think. So, if you don't know what I'm talking about, there's there's a side by side shot of Heath Ledger with his <laughs> his head out the window, like in the police car, um, and then there's a shot of Joaquin Phoenix with his head against the door in the police car, and people were like, "For those who didn't see this," and you're like, "Are you fucking serious?" And I think that's really, it really summarizes the discourse around this movie is that people were like, oh my God, some of the brilliant stuff that's been done in this movie. And it, it really, and I'm not trying to shit on anybody's taste because I know everybody's different. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you are looking at some of these pieces and you're like, it's the best thing I've ever seen, then I, I think we just haven't seen the same things. Like I, I Everything I think, it does has been done better. Yeah. And I think every single thing, the only the unique problem. thing this movie does is the Gary Glitter stare scene. <laughs> I still, yeah, there's, and there's still so many better options for that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, again, everything is up to taste, and, and I think we talked about it before we started the pod. Um, we're way past Tom Hongleason Award now. Um, oh, I, yeah. <laughs> I think that if you, if you like this movie, if you give this movie like a seven or an eight, I understand. I think I can see how you get there, and, and I just have personal things against what I, what I liked and what I didn't. But I think if you give this movie a 10, I think I'm really far away from understanding a 10. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think they're, they're having people who, who really have liked this movie a lot. And 
I don't know, maybe it helps on a rewatch. Maybe there's stuff I missed, stuff like that. But I just, uh, just where it sits with everything else you could possibly spend your time on. I, I don't think I'd tell anybody to see it in theaters. I don't think there's anything about this movie that was better on a big screen than on my yeah, TV. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And, and I, the only reason to see it in theaters is to see it before anybody quote unquote spoils it for you. Even though if you've seen the trailer, you know, the movie, it's a, it's a straight choreographed descent into madness of creation of the Joker. You know, at the end of the movie, he's going to be the Joker. So it's just like, there's nothing, nothing to spoil in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. Okay. Shall we do our, uh, our question? I think so. We really, so we only got two responses to this one. Which is fair. We've been on hi- hiatus, but still uh, a little disappointed in our performance, uh, listeners. Um, but anyway, the original question was, since talks fell through with Jonah Hill, who do you want to see cast as a penguin in Batman? Well, it's, it's 20 minutes after I posted that, we found out that Paul Dano is going to be the Riddler, which is fucking awesome. So for us, I want us to talk about our favorite, our dream casting for a Batman villain. Uh, but the listener response, responses, uh, Vargas from the Debates on Tap podcast said they nailed the penguin with Danny DeVito. So he said, if I can't pick him, maybe Glenn Howerton or Rami, or Rami Malek and really lean into the evil businessman side. I would love to see Glenn Howerton in any Batman role. I think Scarecrow or Riddler would be even better for him. Yeah, I think uh, I'd be. Inter- I think Rami Malek could maybe do a character that we've not seen before. Then I think Howerton is a much better fit for the Riddler than the Penguin. Um, no, obviously we've only seen the Penguin in very small instances, <laughs> right? I think Gotham tried to do it, uh, which I, I have tried to watch a couple of times and just personally can't get into. Um, but I think the they made the penguin more like the Joker, honestly. Like they just made him like an unhinged person with connections versus like mm-hmm. an unhinged person that's a mystery. Like you know what I mean? It just feels like they just took a part of what other people liked. So I think it would be interesting. I I would love to see how you do the penguin without trying to make him look like a cartoon. Like I, if that's the, that's the only thing about the mm-hmm. Devito thing is like obviously it's not a real like a realism movie um so what does a realism penguin look like and can you do it in a way that's actually threatening i think is is yeah. hard to say you'd almost have to do like wilson fisk in the daredevil tv series yeah. like that's kind of the the uh vincent uh oh, I'm up his last name d'onofrio thank you like that could be the penguin but he's already done that as wilson fisk so mm-hmm. maybe uh jesse plemons there you go <laughs> Um, the, the other response we got was from Jordan at Willie underscore Bax. Uh, the names I've been seeing that I agree with the most are Stephen Graham from Boardwalk Empire and Paul Walter, Paul Walter Hauser from I, Tanya. And then he also said, uh, he saw someone float the idea of Lakeith Stanfield, not for the penguin, but just for a Batman villain in general. And I think that would be fucking amazing. Yeah. I, I would like to see that too. 
Um, I think Lakeith Stanfield has the ability and just hasn't really gotten to flex like a bad guy role yet. Who would you have him do? Oh, shit. Um, Condiment King. <laughs> Fuck. So I... I uh, Lakeith, I think, could be a good scarecrow. We'll pull up the old rogues gallery right now and see the yeah, best I know. fit actually, for Lakeith. I was actually just pulling it up, too. <laughs> I'd like um, to submit um, Paul Giamatti as Penguin. Oh, shit. I can do that, yeah. Ooh, uh, Lakeith Stanfield as uh, Black Mask. Isn't that what Ewan McGregor's about to be? Yes, I know. Oh, okay. Or Cap- Man Bat? Oh, no, I like I like Man Bat. Because he's already done the like weird human-creature hybrid role. There's... God, his rogues gallery is awful it really is hard to to do i had a pick but i don't know who i want it for yet um my mind always goes to like who could be the joker but we've done so many of them we might just need to do something else for a little bit i really think ethan hawk has incredible chops uh i think he could maybe make a good two-face um but i think there's um some other ones that he could definitely fit in um we've never seen anybody do um they've never done like the court of owls um I, so i think god i want court of owls so bad you could do that and you could like ethan hawk could definitely be uh like the leader of the court of owls for sure so they keep doing like riddler and catwoman castings for uh the batman imagine if they just fucking drop court of owls on us instead <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, I just think there's there's so many threads they haven't pulled because they just keep going back to the ones that people really really know. Like obviously the Joker, they're gonna mm-hmm. make a Joker movie every every decade now for sure. Like they're just never gonna leave it alone because it's such mm-hmm. good IP. Um, but I would love to see them do some lesser known villains. Um, obviously you could do Clayface really well. Uh, Clayface then- would be good. But then Clayface is like, it's just CGI. It's not really like a personal villain as much unless you get into the shape-shifting piece of it. But like once it's actually in combat, Clayface is kind of boring. Because they've already done like Sandman in the Spider-Man films. So I feel like you can kind of already mm-hmm. see what they've done. So so last, last question before we move on to ratings and who the hell is this for. Uh, who do we think would be a good Mr. Freeze? Cause that's just really that interests me. Uh, Mister Freeze is. <laughs> <laughs> Mister Freeze is such an interesting. I'm saying it's an interesting character. Wait, I don't know that fuck, I'm, I just. I thought of mine. I thought of mine. I have Hell one. yeah. Because um, because they've done like bulky Mister Freeze before, mm-hmm. um, with Schwarzenegger, which looking back is just a <laughs> incredible uh, performance, right? Yeah, I agree. It is. It's such a moment in time. Like it's 1997, Batman and Robin. It's like the peak of everyone's powers, and it just goes to show you like an ensemble movie doesn't necessarily mean success. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I'm trying to think of people who have not done bald that could pull off bald. 
I'm going to uh, go. Well, see, I've got a bald actor in mind. Okay, go ahead. Riley, okay. you go first. Okay, I'm going with uh, Michael Emerson, who, I don't know if you're not familiar with him, he's the guy that played Ben Linus on Lost. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. So you're going for more of like the smart Mr. Freeze, right? right? Yeah. Okay. okay. And I'm so I'm going for the mix to kind of balance or carry off that the mix between smart and uh, handsome. Uh, Mark Strong as Mr. Freeze. You'll I'm, you'll know him as soon as you see him. He's uh yeah okay. He's Buff Stanley Tucci. He's uh, Merlin King, from uh, he's Kingsman. Kingsman. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Oh, I man. think he would be a killer Mr. Freeze. I think he could make a, a good Mr. Freeze. I'm trying to find people who who we really haven't seen. Oh, um, oh man, what's his name? Oh, sorry, I'm thinking of one. You guys come back. I, I might have another example. Oh, hey, look who's here. Catherine, who do you want to see as a Batman villain? Mm, what is, what's been said? Um, so we have said... We've said some obscure ones, so I don't think you would you would come up with the same ideas. As a villain? Yes. Mm. You don't even have to say which villain. You can just say who yeah. do you think needs to be a villain. Uh, actually, Rupert Grant would be interesting. Rupert Grant? Hell yeah. Okay. Interesting. I think Rupert Grant could be a fantastic Riddler. Uh, I'm trying to think who else he would be really good as. I don't don't know who I would cast him as, but I would like a more involved uh, Ra's al Ghul. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, I actually did think of a great Rupert Grint role, but it's not a Batman villain. Is it Poison so I, Ivy? Oh, <laughs> no, that's a Batman. Just let him, just let him grow it out. I think uh, best best option for Rupert Grint would be Jimmy Olsen, Superman's pal. Absolutely, I could see but that. I, I think that's a uh, great suggestion. Um. Okay, got you guys are gonna help me think of the actor's name. Who's the guy from the Leftovers? Zach Galifianakis. No. Ted Danson. Bradley Cooper. No. Am I even thinking of the right show? Ed Helms. Justin Justin Thoreau. I uh, think could actually be a, a fairly decent Mr. Freeze. Who did he date for a while? Jen Aniston. That's it. Yeah. Yep. Also dated right. Leslie Nope for a hot second. Yeah, yeah, he did. What a thing that was. Right. Season one. Okay. Wanna... <laughs> Should we get into uh, final ratings? Let's do it. Let's do ratings. I'm Where at a. You go. Okay, Jeff. Jeff, take it. <laughs> I'm at a solid four and a half. Okay. Okay. Um. I agreed with the things that you guys didn't like about it, but I don't think it knocked the movie down as much for me, so that's why I went with a 7. Okay. Um, so, I came into this review at a 4. Okay. 
and this is the first time I've really gotten to talk about this movie. And we I have think, helped you drag it down. Yeah. Um, I'm, I want to go lower. I'm not going to just because of the things that I did enjoy about this movie, but I'm plotting this one at a three out of 10. I fucking hate this movie, you guys. I see, and that's that's a, that's the funny thing about this movie is, you know, obviously, even though I landed at a, a four, I see how you get to a three, and there's part of me that understands a seven, um, but again, I think we're just we're not at the point where we could agree where someone gets a ten out of this movie. Garrett, uh, Garrett called me on it when uh, I said it was a four, and he asked for some of my other fours. And they were, uh, they were Fievel Goes West, The Game, which I stand, um, I stand firm on that. Ooh, I might have to bump up Minority Report, though, because Minority yeah, Report's yeah, sitting yeah. at a 2.5 right now. Minority Report's at least a 5. Come on. Okay. Let's see some of my other 40s. Like, the game plot, five plot alone, at least it's better. Yeah. The Oh, Apollo 18, the space movie. Oh, man, you know what else I gave a 3 out of 10 to? You're going to be mad about this one, Riley. The fact that I'm putting them on the same. Uh, one little movie called The Miami Connection. Absolutely oh, see, of like, same of same quality. N- well, that's just not true. <laughs> okay, it's not. That's a joke. But I did. I need to bump my Miami Connection rating down to like a one. But I had more fun watching that movie than I did this movie. See, when you get your results back, you can understand your own ratings much better. After year end, I feel like I understand where my sevens are, and I need to start getting mm-hmm. less sevens because because everything was like a seven. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right we we are going to do who the hell is this for and then something new for uh for the podcast this season all right are we disqualifying taxi driver and king of comedy so that's what's gonna make this so yeah. hard is all the movies you can disqualify i i think we honestly we each just come in with one i think that's yeah, the best way to do it because the two across the board are King of Comedy and Taxi Driver, who did the same thing, but so much better. All right, someone else go first. I'm still thinking. Okay, I've uh, got mine. Go ahead, Tyler. So I am going to go with uh, Lars von Trier's The House That Jack Built. Uh, because I think that... So if you're not familiar with it, it is a movie about a serial killer and the three, I don't even remember the number, but it shows a number of different quote unquote incidents, which are his kills. And it kind of shows the progression of the serial killer through his life. And that the, the moments that were supposed to be shocking and violent in Joker are, they're all they feel similar to the house that Jack built and the house that Jack built did them all better. So that's my pick. Um, all right. I'm changing my pick at the last second, but this is a good descent into madness movie. I'm going to go with the shining. It's a good pick. Okay. 
another movie I originally gave a 4 out of 10 to. And upon rating this, that, and then dropping it a little bit, definitely Shining's at like a 5 or 6. Okay, Jeff. Um, so I've been thinking about this and uh, trying to think of a good, like, again, Descent into Madness one. Um, I think I'm probably going with something that would have been kind of of the same era as Taxi Driver. I'm going with Apocalypse Now. Um, just, like, a, a really true Descent into Madness. I think uh, what's the... The original book that it's written on is Heart of Darkness. Um, and so it's just like purely someone who starts out sane and war drives them mad and power drives them mad, etc. Um, and it's Francis Ford Coppola, which obviously this took from mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. That, that sounds about right. So I, I teased it a little bit. Instead of... Uh, solely doing polls to decide our movies to figure it out. Um, we are, uh, this season, we are doing, we're going to do a draft. And so all four of us are going to get two picks. It's going to be a snake draft. And then at the end of each round, uh, as we go through the schedule, we will also throw in a poll for a movie there. So, uh, how are we going to figure this out? Catherine's doing ASMR. I'm not sure how it's helping us. <laughs> a drawing. Oh, a drawing. Are we playing Pictionary? <laughs> no, like a drawing. Oh, a hat. got it, got it, got it. That makes more sense. Let's get our trusty jack-o'-lantern. Or we could just use your hand. Oh, but I like drawing it out of something. I would like to announce that if I'm picked number one overall, that I'm willing to trade for both of another person's draft picks. So I have three. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'd listen to any other trade offers. (laughs) Now that's interesting. That is interesting. I think the draft only... It, this is a funny thing to do, right? Because inherently the number one pick means that you get to pick something before someone else. But all that means is that someone else, like your movie also gets to get on the poll and you get to pick another one. So someone else picking your movie is good for you. Right. <laughs> oh, so no. Then, so this, this is not, at least the way I was thinking it, what? we're just picking movies we want to review. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But he's saying, like, it wouldn't do any good for me to, like, pick Jaws despite you because then you just get to talk about Jaws. Double picks, baby. Yeah. Right. Okay, now that makes sense. Yes, the trading down is the optimal strategy in this draft. I'm sorry. (laughs) Okay. So just because I'll shout the date since y'all were looking at what movies were coming out. Ooh, that, that is a good point. So for next week... The 27th, the pick is. Dun, 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 dun. Me! Oh! <laughs> Don't me, I'll draw again. No, it, I mean, you drew it. Let's hold it up to the camera. Confirm. Okay. Hold on. Oh, you're doing it again. Yeah, I'm okay, doing never. it again. Okay. <laughs> so, wait, first pick has to do next week's movie? Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. yeah. So we're picking we're picking order. Riley. Okay. So then in that yeah. I pick the lighthouse. Doesn't it come out? Fuck. Yes, it comes out next week. So we have to go see it this week before we can do it for next week. Should we do it? If for, should I save that for somebody to pick for pick number two, so it gives us a week to see yeah, it? Yeah, okay. save it. We'll okay. save lighthouse. So number one overall pick. Oh man, let's see. Shoot. Um, <laughs> it's October. I'm gonna say. Oh, because Tyler hasn't seen this. I'm saying Halloween two. Oh. Okay. Kay. Then on the following week, November third, um, Jonesy move. The ki- the cat's helping us. Jonesy picks. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler. Oh, okay, okay. So November third. Okay, so, so the, the one that I would want to take. Not gonna be out then, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take one that we don't have to go to theaters to see. I'm looking through. Ooh, okay. I think Riley has seen this. I don't know if Jeff has. We're gonna talk a uh, little animated classic called Akira. Yeah. Ah, yeah. All right. Hell yeah. I have seen it, but it has been a long time. Okay. Okay. Now on November tenth. Me. Um. Everyone has to go see Jexy. What? Okay. What movie? Jexy. <laughs> Jexy. <laughs> what? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> I, have to, I have to look this up before I. Decide if you're going to Venmo me money to go see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> that almost just solidified what my second pick is going to be. What? Is, how do you spell Jexy? J-E-X-I. It's basically about Siri taking over someone's life. Yeah. So I think oh, you know what my second pick's going to be. Oh, no. All right. <laughs> it could be worse. I could. It, it could be worse. But All right. And with our last pick so in the first round. Oh, November 17th, Jeff. All right, so Parasite will be out by then. So can we do Parasite? Yes, 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 yes. That is two new movies in a row, but I think we'll be okay. That'll be all right. Do we want... Go ahead. I was going to say, if someone's doing the lighthouse too, we got to figure out at what time period we're going to be doing the lighthouse. Okay, I might. When's the lighthouse come out? Because I thought that's what. Lighthouse comes out next weekend. I'm so I'm changing. I'm I'm bumping Akira for the lighthouse. Okay. Because that gives us that gives us two weeks to see it. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're doing three new releases Mm -hmm. in a row. Okay. Okay. Um. And then the 24th, so the Sunday of Thanksgiving week. Come on. Do a, no. d- do a poll? Or do you want to? Yeah, a Thanksgiving movies. And I have my submission. I have mine. Okay, hold on. Riley? Uh, Spider-Man 2002 is a Thanksgiving <laughs> movie. <laughs> okay. 
Tyler? Uh, a little horror classic called Blood Rage. It's not cranberry sauce. Okay. Jeff? I'm still thinking of my yeah. favorite Thanksgiving-themed movie. <laughs> I'm going to have uh, to. Planes, trains, and automobiles, right? Oh, that is a great Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. I'm, I'm a, can I think about it? I'll, yeah, yeah, you can think about, think about it. And then do we want to skip the weekend of Thanksgiving? Sure. So, so the poll was the week before thanks, weekend before Thanksgiving? Yeah, on the 24th. Okay. Yeah, well, we can figure out timing around then. Mm-hmm. We're still figuring out family stuff. Yeah. Okay. So now going off of December 8th, let's just draw again. Instead of doing snake. Okay. It's more fun. Okay, I do like the drawing. Drawing okay. is fun. December 8th is... Tyler. Ooh, okay. So I said lighthouse for my original, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're doing Jexy, mm-hmm. Parasite, mm-hmm. Pole. Because mm-hmm. I'm leaning towards one solely because of Jexy, but I don't know if they're too far away for it to work. What is it? I'm thinking her. Do it. Starring one Joaquin Phoenix. Jeff's head shake is what's solidifying this for me. We're doing her. Okay. Then on the 15th. Can we do a Christmas poll? Oh, yeah, we'll do a Christmas poll. Well, now we're at Christmas time. Oh, it's me. Look at that. Oh, there you go. We get a Christmas movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well... I see how it is. We just rigged this pick so that Jeff gets last both times. <laughs> Real cool. Real cool, guys. Um, hold on. I don't know. Do I want to do Christmas or do I want to do a legit movie? Ooh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? Do you want a Christmas one or do you want a legit one? I think we should probably do a Christmas one, just because. I'm I'm I would rather do just a normal movie, but we can we can get all sweet and saccharin up in here. Okay. Saccharin. Saccharin? <laughs> I really think it's just an allegory. Oh god. That one that one. <laughs> That one really hurts for you to hear you say it out loud. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, God damn it. Don't do that. Did we do Christmas with the Cranks last year? We did not do Christmas with the Cranks. I don't believe. It lost out to It was on a poll. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're doing Christmas with the Cranks. And that was <laughs> what week? 12-15. Okay. I'm just putting Sundays on this just... And let's do, uh, for these next ones, whatever, because it's me and Riley's picks next, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will probably just pick a movie because I don't know around Christmas time mm-hmm. what everybody's schedules right. will be. So we may Oh, shit. I know what's coming out around that time, though. We're, we're going to have to do an end of year, too. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Um, okay. So next, 1229. I'm sorry, Jeff. It's Riley. 
<laughs> cool. Um. Um, Revenge of the Nerds. Oh boy. Oh, I okay. I'm excited. I love that movie, and boy, is it gonna have some things yep. to discuss. <laughs> it's gonna be a juicy one. Um, let's get dicey. Do we maybe want to like? We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk schedule later. Jeff. Your second pick. All right. Uh, I'm stuck between two favorites. Um, One, I think, is just going to be me talking about how great it is the whole time, so I'm going to not do that one. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to do Layer Cake. Oh. Okay. All right. So can uh, can you run through our schedule real quick? Yeah. Um, Halloween 2, The Lighthouse, Jexy, Parasite, The Thanksgiving Pole, which has Spider-Man and Blood Rage on it, <laughs> Her, Christmas with the Cranks, Revenge of the Nerds, and Layer Cake. All right. That sounds like a pretty good slate of movies. Wait, I'm excited. To- I'd, like to, I'd like to change my movie. Ooh. Which one? I'm changing Revenge of the Nerds to Bloodsport. Oh, yeah! I'm very, I'm very glad you changed that. Nice. Oh, man. That's going to be good. I'm happy with this. Season 2 is going to be fun, guys. This has been Season 2 of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you. Or Season 2, Episode 1 of Who the Hell is This For? Thank you for listening.